Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Welcome to the FT Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Murray Withers from the Comment and Analysis Desk of the Financial Times. In this podcast, Cynthia and Murchie, Martin Arnold and Gina Chon identify transactions involving Iran that could put the UK-listed bank Standard Chartered at risk of further penalties, including the suspension of its dollar-clearing licence. Nine years on after paying nearly $1 billion in fines to US regulators and law enforcement agencies for sanctions breaches and compliance failures, the bank seems no closer to ending its legal problems. Now, Sinford describes how the latest investigations provide another big challenge for Standard Chartered and its chief executive, Bill Winters. The expletive-laden exclamation attributed to a senior Standard Chartered executive in 2006 may well come back to haunt the British bank. You fucking Americans, who are you to tell us, the rest of the world, that we're not going to deal with the Iranians? For US authorities, who included the quote in the legal filing, the statement came to define Standard's quote, obvious contempt for American banking regulations, including sanctions designed to cut Iran off from access to the US dollar. Nine years on, after paying nearly $1 billion in fines to US regulators and law enforcement agencies for sanctions breaches and compliance failures, Standcharts seems no closer to ending its legal problems. A Financial Times investigation has identified transactions involving Iran that could put the bank at risk of severe penalties ranging from further fines to suspension or loss of its crucial dollar-clearing licence. Documents seen by the Financial Times suggest that Standchart continued to seek new business from Iran and Iran-connected companies after it had committed in 2007 to stop working with such clients. These activities include foreign exchange transactions that people familiar with Standchart's operations say would have involved the US dollar. The documents suggest the bank, a few months after a costly settlement with US authorities in 2012, was still internally reviewing its client list and was unable to determine in certain cases whether customers were Iranian or not. For Bill Winters, the American former J.P. Morgan investment banker, who took over as Standchart's chief executive in June, the stakes could hardly be higher. The London-listed lender that specialises in Asia, the Middle East and Africa is already grappling with slowing growth in emerging markets and a slide in commodity prices. While it has relatively small operations in the US, the loss of its dollar-clearing licence would deal a crippling blow to Standchart's ability to finance the trade, energy and cross-border activities that have become its main focus. Suspending the dollar-clearing rights for banks accused of breaching sanctions is a rare punishment. But you as regulator have cracked down hard on institutions for breaching sanctions on Iran amid concerns about money flowing to the country's nuclear programme or to militant Islamist organisations such as Hezbollah in Lebanon or the Palestinian group Hamas. The US has mostly relied on levying heavy fines against non-US banks 
for using dollars to do business with Iran, frequently causing controversy in those banks' home countries. BNP Paribas last year paid $8.9 billion in fines and had some dollar-clearing rights suspended temporarily for such breaches, prompting angry accusations from French politicians of US overreach. The US Department of Justice, the Manhattan District Attorney, the Federal Reserve and the New York Department of Financial Services and most recently the New York Attorney General's Office are all investigating Stanchart for potential new sanctions breaches. The probes, most of which became public late last year, are scrutinizing whether Stanchart breached sanctions after the period covered by its 2012 settlement, when the bank declared it had seized, quote, all new business with Iranian customers in any currency, five years earlier. A pivotal issue is whether senior executives condoned the bank's continuing business with Iran, according to people familiar with the investigations. Stanchart, which closed its Tehran office in May 2012, said in a statement to the Financial Times that it was cooperating with the investigation into, quote, possible violations of U.S. sanctions. It added that following its decision to exit the Iranian business in 2007, the group has had a number of legacy obligations, including dormant accounts, outstanding loans and trade finance agreements. Those legacy obligations have been handled in an appropriate manner in non-US currencies and, since 2007, it has been the group's policy not to pursue any new business with known Iranian entities. The bank added, While we have made progress on our controls, this is a multi-year effort that requires sustained investment and management attention. In 2012, the threat by US regulators to withdraw Stanchart's dollar-clearing license led it to agree to pay $667 million to settle allegations of sanctions breaches up to 2007. At the time, the DFS, then headed by Benjamin Lorsky, shocked the bank by accusing it of being a, quote, rogue institution whose actions left the US financial system vulnerable to terrorists, weapons dealers, drug kingpins and corrupt regimes. With shares in Stanchart trading near 10-year lows, the latest investigations provide another big challenge for Mr Winters, who succeeded Peter Sands as Stanchart's chief executive. It also indicates that even as US President Barack Obama pushes for sanctions against Iran to be relaxed in return for curbs on its nuclear program, there are no signs of US regulators losing their zeal for pursuing past transgressions involving the Islamic Republic. The material reviewed by the FT depicts a bank, one of the few foreign lenders with a license to operate in the country, determined to keep working with Iranian companies. The status of numerous Iran and Iran-connected entities was still being reviewed by Stanchart as late as 2013, according to documents seen by the FT. These included entities that had internal markers and blocks placed against them, a way for the bank to flag up concerns about links to Tehran. Many accounts belonging to Iranian or Iran-connected entities were indeed closed by 2007, as Stanchart promised. But some, like Bank Sadarat, which had sanctions imposed in 2006, or Bank Sepa, still had open accounts with no markers against them. According to lawyers consulted by the FT, it is not illegal to hold accounts for entities under sanctions, as long as they remain frozen. Clients generating revenue included IFIC Holding AG, which in August 2010 was identified by the US Treasury as the German arm of an Iran government-owned entity and put under sanctions. 
an internal Standard performance report dated March 2012 that records transactions with Iran-connected companies and which was labelled Iran Group, cites revenue for IFIC Holding AG. Non-US banks such as Standard are allowed to conduct transactions with companies on the US sanctions list, provided no US persons are involved and they do not involve the American financial system. However, in 2010, the U.S. tightened its sanctions regime, introducing measures that gave U.S. regulators the power to punish foreign banks engaging with Iran, even if the contested transaction did not involve the U.S. financial system. The move was a warning to companies that by choosing to do business with Iran, they risk being cut out of the U.S. financial system. Given the dollar's ubiquity... This risk has led many international banks to halt business with US-sanctioned entities altogether. Top-performing clients in the so-called Iran Group also included Mapna International FZE, a subsidiary of Mapna Group, a sprawling Iranian industrial conglomerate, according to documents seen by the FT. Senior Standard executives outlined one method to maintain the business in a note to staff dated October 2008, a day after the US placed the Export Development Bank of Iran on the sanctions list. Standard was keen to avoid, quote, delay or financial loss to its Iranian clients. We are working with the designated parties, companies under sanctions, to settle outstanding US obligations in an alternative, freely convertible currency, the memo says. It adds that any foreign exchange deal to, quote, convert the alternative currency into U.S. dollars must be for the account of and in the name of the beneficiary and not for the account of the designated party and any foreign exchange risk will be for the account of the beneficiary. While this technique, finding currencies other than the U.S. dollar to conclude transactions with Iranian clients, may not have been a breach of U.S. sanctions. A former member of the bank's Dubai team says it was against the spirit of the sanctions. An email written in 2009 by a senior Standard manager in Dubai and seen by the FT shows a list of potential target clients, including the National Iranian Oil Company, which at the time was under sanctions. These potential new violations have angered a host of agencies, from the DOJ to the New York Fed and DFS. Although settlement talks have yet to begin, the bank is expected to be hit with harsh penalties unless it can explain its conduct, because it is seen as a repeat offender, people familiar with the case say. In August 2014, the New York's DFS fined Stanchard $300 million for failing to resolve problems with its anti-money laundering compliance system. The regulator forced it to sell or shut as many as 8,000 small business accounts in the United Arab Emirates and banned it from clearing US dollar transactions for some Hong Kong clients. Authorities are still in the process of obtaining information from the bank about the current probe, the people add. A deal, if it happens, could come at the end of this year or in early 2016. The FT has found that the US investigation into Starnchart did not close after the 2012 settlement. Shortly after the deal was agreed, a whistleblower came forward with information that gave US regulators and law enforcement new ammunition against the bank, according to people familiar with the matter. An internal stand chart document seen by the FT shows that the bank is again facing questions from regulators and law enforcement about its dealings with Iran, reaching back to at least 2005, a period that had already been reviewed as part of the prior investigation. 
a separate line of inquiry emerged from the authorities' investigation into BNP Paribas. Among the French bank's violations were transactions with Caspian Petrochemical FZE, an Iran-owned company based in Dubai, which acted as a front for an Iranian-based energy group in Tehran and was engaged in shipping liquefied petroleum gas. Evidence from the BNP probe led investigators to believe that Stanchard may also have breached sanctions in its transactions with Caspian Petrochemical FZE. By March 2013, high-ranking Stanchard executives were in denial about the gravity of the bank's alleged sanctions busting. At a press conference that month, Sir John Peace, who has chaired the bank for six years, called its actions, quote, clerical errors or mistakes, and denied the bank willfully breached sanctions. Shortly afterwards, he retracted his statement and apologised after a rebuke by the DOJ and the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Around the same time, an internal Stanchart team worked alongside experts from Promontory, the financial consultancy that was recently fined $15 million in relation to its prior work with Stanchart, to resolve a series of requests and subpoenas from U.S. law enforcement authorities. The teams also reviewed the due diligence done by the bank on clients at its Dubai branch, a particular focus of the U.S. authorities' continuing inquiry, and researched whether existing clients were Iranian or had Iranian connections. The Emirate has long been a convenient hub for Iranians and those wanting to do business with Tehran. Of particular interest to the authorities was the bank's online trading system, known as OLT3, according to documents seen by the FT. It allowed approved customers to conduct trades online, including foreign exchange transactions, As Stanchart's team gathered information to respond to U.S. requests, it noted significant flaws in the system to which Bank Sadarat at one point had direct access. The system did not record timings of logins by clients and provided no audit trail of client access, according to a document seen by the FT. It also indicates that a former Bank Sadarat Iran employee with direct access to the OLT3 system had left the bank and moved to a UAE company but had kept the same user ID. It is unclear whether Stanchart reported these flaws to the authorities of its own accord. The document says, quote, All Iranian clients who received direct access to the system were domiciled outside of Iran. A former senior executive at Stanchart, speaking on condition of anonymity, described a number of failings at the bank that led to the repeated probes. He describes a, quote, cavalier culture, where management encouraged the sales staff to go after new business aggressively in frontier markets such as Iran and Iraq. The bank also failed to invest enough in compliance, he says. But Stanchart was often also let down by its technology, the executive said. The bank isn't very good at technology, he said, and often the system really wasn't performing. Former staff members of Stanchart in Dubai have told the FT the bank had global policies in place and they had to turn down business because of those policies of not dealing with sanctioned entities. But as he reported disappointing results in August, Mr Winters said he intended to overhaul the bank's culture and bolster its compliance operation, while warning of difficult times ahead. In a possible sign of his priorities, one of Mr Winter's first trips was to meet Mr Lorsky in his New York office. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Hold up. 
Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.